0: What you know about it? It's the stu baby, got the meas and plus, young stu baby, and the room a lot. Hello, hello. Listening to the stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Andre Camaro, say hello. Hello. My brother is not here because he's getting a new iPhone. It's a whole thing, you know. But he might be. He there's might pop a, in. There's a
1: five percent chance we might catch him on the tail.
0: Yeah, we might catch him on the tail. He's he's getting his phone got all cracked up, so he's getting a new phone. Word on the street, it might be a a gold seven. Mm. So I'm jealous.
1: I am also jealous.
0: You're gonna wh- when you get the new iPhone Seven. What are you gonna get? The black one, matte black, not the jet black.
1: Matte for sure.
0: For sure, matte.
1: I think jet sounds just like a fingerprint trouble situation. She's mm-hmm. always gonna look dirty.
0: I was talking about that with my mom. What'd you say? She was like, "The jet fingerprints. <laughs> the matte scratch resistant." Well, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn right, mom." <laughs> That's a very, you know, I like her. I like this attitude of hers. Yeah, but also... We're aligned. I don't know if we've talked about this, but the all the hubbub about the jet black iPhone 7, that was just every iPhone for like 10 years. was it, just, it was just a black iPhone. Yeah. A shiny plastic black iPhone.
1: Right. I mean, I think the idea is that without having really seen that many of them, that it's
0: kind of a, a better version of that. But yeah, with the iPhone... Oh yeah, I'm
1: sure it's better. For me, I, I just like... I, I need, some stuck with AT&T and I need a better international plan, but I feel very unexcited about getting the new iPhone, because I have the 6, and I feel like it's almost the same thing. I know it'll be a little bit better, but...
0: Like, you were hoping for a little more razzle-dazzle? Yeah. yeah. What about making the switch over to the Google Pixel? How's what that? is the Looking? Google Pixel? It's Google's new uh, iPhone competitor. You haven't heard of it? mm Come on, tech man. No. You've I been, think you've been too busy to check out the tech stuff, baby. Probably. I think it's a good problem. I just stay. I'm just staying with Apple.
1: At the end of the day, like I've played with people that have, um, you know, Samsung galaxies and and with the Bob's got the Google, whatever it was, and they you know they're all running Android, right? And to me, it's kind of like seems very good, but I just don't really care enough to learn something new.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are really convincing me to make the switch over to the Windows-based phone. Can we
1: tie this in food-related, or should we wrap this up?
0: You know, um, sometimes I've used my phone to place a to-go order. There you go. I also made a reservation at a restaurant yesterday, and they called me back on my phone. Boom, did they FaceTime you? They did not (laughs) not use a FaceTime technology (laughs) at all. (laughs) They did not do a a voice to text
1: what are the arguments that are swaying you as we get out of this conversation but i'm very curious so i don't want to end it
0: completely just like kind of like designer like graphic designer super specific tech nerd guys who like right. have a 17 inch macbook from 2011 that they've drilled out and gutted and yeah. beefed up with two solid state hard drives and then they're running like a specific version of Put iTunes. that 17 from, inch on 20s they put it on twenties, and then like I stopped using the iOS at Lion, and then I use iTunes six point three like all like there it's crazy. just like people go wild with it, which i'm
1: I, I am I couldn't be more supportive of. I think that's always fun. I don't think that's like stupid and nerdy. I think that's like really cool. but I also mm-hmm. think like for me as part of like the benefit. It doesn't really apply to me, otherwise I might be inclined to do that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. to me, I just really want things to work, and that just be it, same like yeah at I'm the not, end I'm of the not... day because i'm not you know I'm not an engineer, i'm not in that field, I'm not like I just want things to really work, and my experience for the most time for the most part has been that my iPhone works, sure, and it works on my computer works on my we're not
0: Elon Musking out here, yeah, we're but not, I think if, if I cared or
1: if I was smarter there's probably there's there's, there's so much more. Flexibility and opportunity to do cool stuff. What, what kind of phone? Android stuff.
0: Does Mister Robot use?
1: I think he just he does like a Minority Report where he just talks into the air. He talks into the air, doesn't yeah, he? He knows what's going on. He uses Apple AirTalk. I don't know. Do they? Does Mister Robot take place in the future? There's an alternative future. There's an alternative now.
0: I think it's I think it's now.
1: Now, I didn't. Th- yeah, I don't. I, I'm the minority. I did not like that show. I
0: know he uses VLC. Oh, there you go.
1: Um, He uses handbrake to convert all his video files for his phone to use.
0: Sick. Uh, We're drinking a nice bottle of Chateau Cambon, which is a uh, a Beaujolais, AOC Beaujolais 2015. Real nice. Very good. Got it from my dogs at Lou. Lou Wine. Lou Wine.
1: Have you been to a tasting recently, in the last week or two? Mm,
0: I went to a tasting last Saturday.
1: Right. Actually, I wasn't into that one. I really like the idea of how dog friendly the tastings are at Lou. It's a Mm -hmm. whole, just an an added layer of awesomeness to me.
0: I mean, I know wine tastings have been going on for a long time, probably, right?
1: Uh, Forever, right? (laughs) I mean, how would you define
0: wine tastings? I would define a wine tasting like a wine store. Okay. Not a winery, but a wine store. Is like, hey, on Thursday, come and try some wines. We're gonna set up a brie wheel mm-hmm. and some crackers, and for fifteen dollars, you'll get three glasses of wine. Well, the idea—I mean, okay, Was that so the '70s that that happened. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be so
1: curious because obviously, you know, the the tradition of wine and the culture of wine in in the rest of the world has been far more advanced than in the U.S. Hmm. But I would wonder, like, you know, 50s, 60s, like, what were the outlier, early adopter, like, really high-end wine stores that would, you know, be able... Because you go anywhere in in Spain or Italy or anywhere in France, anywhere in Europe, and it's like, there's wine shops everywhere. Yeah. Right? And and wine shops that you imagine have been there, you know, for 100 years.
0: At least. And I'd like to think that all wine tastings in Europe are just, like, somehow free. You just kind of... (laughs) You just kind of wander in and stumble upon a wine store and they're just like, here you go. You just
1: go in and you pay five bucks and they give you like a red plastic cup and you just Mm -hmm. drink all you want. It's like a
0: frat party. (laughs) It's like a a frat party for wine every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, Europe as a whole is pretty much just one big frat party is kind of
1: the way I look at it. That's how I understand it for sure.
0: But I'm imagining like a Woody Allen movie situation in the 70s at a, like a Manhattan wine shop. Right. No, because those people are talking about Broadway like, and stuff like, like how that. How
1: old is Beverly Hills Cheese Store? Or uh, Cheese Store at Beverly Hills? I mean, I don't, if, I don't know if that goes back to the 50s or 60s. I know they've been there for a very long time. Could, yeah, it could, could, be. could be just the 80s too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I imagine shops like that. There must have been little, little shops like that
0: even before. Oh yeah, like a Brentwood 80s wine tasting? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah.
1: Salmon moose canapes, just flowing like wine. Oh, baby, <laughs> flowing like water, flowing
0: like wine. <laughs>
1: what? What would? Okay, so salmon moose. What else would be at that tasting? Brie wheel for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe a stuffed mushroom.
0: Is, uh, yeah, stuffed mush. Um. What else would be on
1: there? Maybe pigs in a
0: blanket. Or is that seventies? <laughs> pigs in a blanket might be a little too lowbrow for yeah. us. Definitely a puff pastry with something in it. Yes. If it was nice, maybe puff pastry with caviar and creme fraiche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fraiche. I'm thinking, uh, you know, probably maybe like a little foie gras situation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, or or also, yeah, chicken Before liver. the man, shut us down. A pate of some sorts. Doesn't uh, seem like that bad of a place to be. Now that we're talking out loud, even though the food no. might be dated, everything that we just said, while it
0: seems super dated, done well, delicious. What's the what's the difference between an hors d'oeuvre and a canapé? Isn't a
1: canapé like served on? It has to be served on like a little round, okay, It's like on a, like a little guy, <laughs> a little saucer. And I don't think it's a it doesn't doesn't have to be a puff pastry, but it has to be like a little kind of like.
0: Are you googling it? I'm googling canapé.
1: Yeah, it's like it comes on like a little football size thing of bread, or some kind of. Right, right type right, right. situation, a, I think is my understanding
0: of a canape. Saucer football. A canape is a type of or, a type of hors d'oeuvre, mm-hmm. small prepared and decorative, consisting of a small piece of bread or puff pastry okay, or so a cracker okay. topped with some savory food, held in the finger, often eaten in one bite. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I think sense. it's sort of like a it's a composed dish, right? That's. That's deduced down to one single bite that you're able to house in one bite. That you're able to house in one bite, and and I feel like back then there was like whatever was going to be on that little round was like squirted out of a pastry bag. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a mousse goes, or like a little egg, a little uh, deviled
1: egg squirt goes down. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should make deviled eggs tomorrow for the Dodger game.
0: Yeah, count me in, dog. We'll get we'll get some. Uh, some blue vinegar and we'll make some blue pickled egg yolks that are that are hard boiled and then we're just going to make a never mind
1: <laughs> No, but big big stuff going on for Los Angeles Dodger fans tomorrow, the first game of the division series. I think um, well we're going to watch it together. Mm. Going to be making some sports food tomorrow.
0: Yeah, well you got the uh, the chef steps jewel sous vide machine finally came to your to your house that was right yeah delayed like, like
1: a year it came literally a day before i left for 10 days for work so i haven't actually used it but i did plug it in and i took like, a look at it heated up the water but i haven't cooked anything in it form it, factor it looks amazing form factor is very nice very small very succinct lenny's giving us a little shout out in the background lenny strong magnet um yeah the Bottom is magnetized, which is really nice because you if you're sous vide with one of those wands, you can just kind of stick it anywhere if the thing's metal um, and it supports itself so you don't have to find an edge to clip onto, which is actually can be, depending on the edges, like if you're using cambros that have lips, it can be kind of annoying to try and clip something onto it depending mm-hmm. on how it works. So that's a really cool feature. Um, Very smart. Uh, I, I, I think I didn't realize, even though I ordered it, the, I think the day it came out, <laughs> last year in November, so it took a while to get to me, which was not fun, but I think so you have to either be connected to Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and you have to use some sort of smartphone. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to pair, so that's not a big deal, but the idea that I have to have a working cell phone or that kind of piece of technology to cook with it, it goes against every fiber of my body as far as like cooking. Because you have have fire, you have pan, even if just fire, fireworks. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like you have stove, you have pan, you don't like that's it. Like you can cook. Mm -hmm. And the idea that I need to sink or turn this thing on, because there's no way to set the temperature on the device. There's no buttons. There's no like wheel to scroll through. There's no display on it that says what the temperature is. It's all Mm -hmm. in the app. And to me, I know it'll be fine and I really like it, but there's just that it just gets in my craw. Mm-hmm. It Gets in my craw that I can't go. I can't go analog to make it work.
0: Yeah, it's kind of. It's a little. Um, it really takes out the, the human laborious kind of manual force that you use in the world of cooking, where you really got to get in there and kind of use your senses, to feel the temperatures and the waters and the fires and the blah 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 blahs and your smells. It's all. It's all very. Uh, Sterilized and regulated. Yeah, and I think like it goes back to like part of like
1: my big attraction when I was younger, just starting to cook. Why I like cooking is that like it's very immediate, and it's just fair. It doesn't doesn't take a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And this idea that somehow I've, I've, I'm losing some control through technology on what I do in it, and it's just a small, stupid point. Because okay, I can't see Let's say worst case scenario, I can't see V. All right, now I figure out a different way to cook it, which mm-hmm. would be fine. Sure, but. The idea that it's, you know, as opposed to certain types of art or or work or projects, the immediacy of food, you start it, you make it, you eat it, you share it. I mean, that's always been the biggest attraction of it to me. Um,
0: You forgot (laughs) to say, take a picture of it? And And that was really weird that you forgot that? And take a picture of
1: it and then tweet (laughs) it and Instagram it. Mm -hmm. No, but like, and I think like... It's kind of, it's, you know, it, maybe it makes me feel old and dated to even have that opinion, but it's just like sure. fire, stone, metal, wood. It's kind of, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I gravitate towards. And after unpacking it and looking at it, I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a little different than what I pictured, even though there was no false advertising. I'm sure I just didn't read it closely enough to realize I had to have Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, um,
0: seems uh, I, I would I would sort of draw a lot of similarities to a Tesla car where you're kind of like it does all sure. the stuff but you don't you don't feel that tangible foot on the gas engine goes vroom sounds happen smells happen you feel the rumble of the engine you don't it's have that big of, block knocking your hair back yeah yeah all you do you put your foot on the gas and it goes yeah it, it does a really good job but it's got no uh, it's got no balls you know brave new world. We'll see. I'm sure you'll get but used to it. And, I also feel, and feel like it. we were we mentioned it really briefly before we
1: even started. I was like, I feel bad dissing this thing without having actually really used it other than just plugging it in and heating the water. It did heat the water ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. That was very impressive. Okay. That was very cool. I think too, like it's it's the concept behind it, so you can use it manually through the app, but really it's kind of set up and it's doing like this like count by numbers or paint by numbers thing where if you want to make steak, you can press steak on the app, and then it brings up a picture of five different steaks cooked to different temperatures, and it, use a viewing guide. And it's literally like steak, this color, activate. And it's just like so <laughs> weird. It makes me think of like Wally once they move onto the mothership. Yeah. Everybody's floating around in like you know above ground wheelchair. It's very Wally. I'm just like I don't know if I'm into this. I don't know if I like this concept, but. I also like the idea of people being turned on to new things and ways of cooking, so if that's what gets them there, that's awesome. But I don't know, it just seems like one of those ways where it's just again dumbing down some kind of technology to make it just push and point and plug and play and it's kind of like, ugh, so, so unromantic. Is,
0: is the jewel maybe going to be the Spotify of cooking and then there's going to be a renaissance of, of the vinyl or cassette of cooking? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I
1: mean, I I feel like I'm being a little
0: unfair to it, but
1: at the same time, it just seems very basic bitch shit. Like I just I don't <laughs> like it. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> well, on on that note, what are you you're going to use it tomorrow? I am for the first time. What you gonna do tonight? With it? Tonight, because um, I had a pork shoulder that was
1: frozen that I just wanted to get out of my freezer. So yeah. I thought it, and I'm actually not doing anything exciting with it. But I wanted to experiment.
0: You're doing something to well,
1: it. I'm gonna put in. Um. So it's a, this is a full pork shoulder. Like what? Well, it's a piece. It's like I f- five full pounds. shoulders go. Yeah, full shoulders can be like twelve, sixteen mm. pounds. This is just a piece. I think it's five, five and a half. I just wanted to think of like what would be the easiest thing to do quickly. Granted, it's gonna be a long, it's gonna be a fifty hour cook, but I'm just gonna dump a bunch of bulgogi sauce into it. And see what happens.
0: Because it, it could
1: cook by itself salted. It would be fine. It would come out fine.
0: Sure. So I want to see what it would li- do, what it would be like in a long cook. So you're going to get this football size hunk of pork. Yeah. All nice and fatty and delicious. Are you brining it first? Yeah. It's brining right now in the sink. So brining and sugar.
1: Although the brining about sous vide gets debated a lot online because when you're doing a long sous vide cook like this, I mean, debated a lot in the long cook. Because basically, if you're doing a salt bath, mm-hmm. or a salt and sugar bath, which is basically just what a brine is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, but then you're going to cook it for 45 hours in salted water. Do you need the brine? Do you not need the brine? It's kind of the brine's serious, already built in. Yeah, the serious eats, they talk a lot about it. And I don't know. I mean, either way, it can't, it can't hurt it. There are, there are One of the clear arguments is that it doesn't do disservice to brine necessarily, and then sous vide, but... Mm-hmm. whether it's necessary or not
0: is kind whether of it's worth that debatable extra step, right and tough to really experiment and and figure out
1: just my muscle memory for poultry and pork to not brine just doesn't I mean I don't even it doesn't make any I can't do it unless it's like a frozen chicken breast that I'm going to fry in a pan real quick and for a mm-hmm. quick
0: lunch but so so when you say bulgogi sauce, what do you mean by that exactly? Is that sauce that you're making yourself? No, no, no. That's why the, the whole experiment is
1: to be as easy as possible. Okay. So I bought a store canned marinated bulgogi that had pineapple juice. That was the one thing that was like, I had to see pineapple juice on the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And Where'd you buy that at? Albertsons. So you can just buy bulgogi so sauce like, at Albertsons? Yeah, like three of them. No way. Yeah. Okay. So the idea was no MSG and had to have pineapple juice. And so I was like, what? Cause how can it be simpler? Pork goes in the bag. sure. go goes in the bag. Boom. Bag goes in the water. Yeah. We're going to need a bigger boat.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's literally just Sharks like... in the water. I made barbecued chicken. Like, what'd you do? Right. I put chicken on a barbecue, and then the last minute, I just put some Casey Masterpiece on top of it. Yeah.
1: This is a total crockpot chili situation where you just mm-hmm. leave in the... Like, Janice leaves in the morning... <laughs> for that desk at the uh, at H and R at the the human resources mm-hmm. department, we all know Janice, and comes back and uh, and the chili's ready. Then wouldn't you know? That's this version. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see if it actually penetrates. If it does anything, Um in, in my mind, it's gonna. I don't even know. Maybe I'll smoke it once it's
0: done, just to get a little yeah. Char so on so it or after something. so you're gonna. You said you're gonna do. How long is it gonna sous vide for?
1: Fifty hours. 50 hours. Which is not that long for a solid, giant piece of meat like this. So, when are we going to eat this? Well, it wasn't. it's not for baseball tomorrow. God,
0: okay, I was just going
1: to It's <laughs> going to be for Sunday, sure, maybe, or Monday. Mm-hmm. Just the kind of cooking. Really, it was like just getting it out of my fridge.
0: And, and, and I'll use it. And, yeah.
1: and I can refreeze it once it's cooked. It'll be fine. And a but, very interesting you know. experiment.
0: Yeah. So, when they, when it's done... We're we're gonna pull it out and then see where we're at. F- pull at it, feel it, and then finish it somehow. Either smoking it or put it in the oven and get yeah. a little crust on it. Or
1: yeah, at that point, the only decision is like, do, you, do we want to put bark on it and try and get that, or do we shred it soft and see mm-hmm. and go from there? But you know, maybe then- I'll, maybe I'll have more energy and feel less lazy by the time it's done mm-hmm. than I did today.
0: Reduce the, uh, the cooking liquid down. For, sure. for that, sure. I'll
1: boil that down and then pour it back into the shredded pork without sure. a doubt.
0: Well, I think that's going to be great. But I do
1: i am curious to taste it before I add re-add the reduced liquid just to see what overall... How much penetrated. Like five pounds, cooking that long, like what the average taste of just a piece of flesh shredded.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't see. Sounds like a Slayer song.
1: Yeah, well, that was the inspiration. I've been listening to Seasoning the Abyss pretty much nonstop for the last six years. So,
0: Seasoning the Abyss.
1: Seasoning.
0: Oh, my God. If we have a stew cookbook. <laughs> yeah, if we make a cookbook, it will have to be called Seasoning the Abyss, <sighs> where that, it's just a, a pepper grinder into a well that, do, that goes to the center of the earth.
1: No, it'll be like a Satiricon album ripoff cover that we'll do, where it's just like that shot of the dude's brains blown out. Like, sure.
0: We all know with that. Like a
1: little pepper grinder on top.
0: Yeah, Mom, give it a Google. The Mayhem. Just Google no, it the Mayhem, if you haven't seen
1: The it. Mayhem like bootleg CD album cover.
0: Shout-outs yeah. to all of our food podcast listeners who also dabble slightly in black metal.
1: Shout-outs to the guy at Metro Fitness in those filas that's been wearing the Mayhem shirt a lot in the last month. I'm gonna steal that thing if he ever puts it in his locker. Very rare, pull. I've got my eyes on him. If he, put, uh, if he puts that away, that shirt's speaking mine. Of,
0: speaking of our jam and another even less food-related topic, the uh, the sauna, the sauna. Let me tell you, the sauna. The the, the you the, are a sauna head. Full sauna head. <clears throat> um. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I sous vide myself every day. Yeah. That's how you stay young, baby. Mm-hmm. But uh, the little the little dial on it where you, you, you start the sauna and set a timer on it, mm-hmm. the little plastic dial has been somebody has stolen it.
1: Oh, now wait, do you think stolen or it broke and it's not there anymore? Stolen's a much better story, but do you I honestly I think don't. somebody boosted it? was like, yo, I've got this nice place in Los Feliz Hills. Mm-hmm. I've got the built-in home sauna. Sure, But I definitely broke that that little handle i'm gonna go steal it from the gym so i don't have to buy another i need that
0: last little that little touch to kind of finish off my home kit like when you have to get like a vintage doorknob at an estate sale just to make it make your your house finally pop that is but that is kind of that is kind of a semi-rich mentality to me in some ways like i
1: could picture somebody worth like 10 million dollars stealing the plastic knob Mm -hmm. because his is broken at his mansion
0: you're just rich enough to be that much of a dick yeah you're just like this is mine well world is mine Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, it's illegal to have security cams set up in the locker room. Otherwise, I'd have them pull the tapes. But one way or another, that, that dial is gone. So it's just like a little, it's just a metal.
1: So you're really kind of throwing caution to the wind when you turn that dial. You have no idea how long it's going to work.
0: No, no, no. That's the problem. It's, it's just a metal pin, and without the leverage of the dial it's unable to you're you can't turn it to turn it on so you have to put some needle nose in the backpack so i went to the gym yesterday i do my workout i go i change into my invert i did not invert this time i was running low on time um get all geared up get my towel get my adidas slides get my my sauna gear going and then boom no dice and i'm my, I'm trying to turn the dial with my fingers and it's not working. That's no, not gonna work. And yeah, then I yeah. try to turn. I try to like put a towel over it, kind yeah, of like when a you're shirt trying to open of, yeah. a jar or something. Get a little <laughs> more leverage. I'm a little sweaty after my workout. Nothing, no dice. Full mental breakdown, like super pissed. Then I had to go home. Instantly remember to put the the crescent wrench in my backpack, there and then up. went to the gym today with the wrench, and. Fully, If you check my Instagram story, it's on there. But uh, I had to wrench it open. Did it work? Fully worked.
1: There you go. I could imagine, though, there being a conversation with management if they walked in while you were doing that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the problem. Is that a boomerang?
0: That's a boomerang.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so. It's a very nice-looking boomerang, by the way. Thank you. It's kind of artistic, isn't it? Uh, with, the, with the aqua background, for sure. Mm-hmm. The nice teal... Yeah, follow
0: me on Instagram. Very good. Jean, so I'm out here putting up numbers. I'm draining threes. Um, speaking of the canapé, Uh I recently made a little dinner a few nights ago, and I bought, no invite. That's cool. You were definitely out of town. I was um, out of town, and I I purchased creme fraiche.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like creme fraiche got made fun of so hard, mm-hmm. and. It's still very good. It's still wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what that's that's a that's a talking point that I wanted to touch on because creme fraiche, it's sort of stuck in that eighties, but it's tight, passe, yeah. very um, very chic at one time and now nobody cares about it, kind of thing, where. Nobody really uses anymore. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some creme fraiche and just, and, and it's, it's seriously so good. It is. It really is. I mean, it's, it's literally just a a fattier sour cream. It's just sour cream that has more butter in it. And less, and because of that, less acid. Yeah, less acid. It's sharp.
1: So it's like, it does, it, it, it works very differently than Greek yogurt or sour cream. It's it's
0: basically like QP to mayonnaise, maybe. It's just a, or QP to mayonnaise is creme fraiche to sour cream. It's definitely made fun of, or at least I don't know, maybe stuck in
1: a time and a place to some people. And I, I even used to tease it a little bit because of how funny South Park made it.
0: Yeah, South but Park really went
1: in on it. It's it so deserves its place. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not like something that, that there's a better version of it out there. It's very specific and very appropriate and very good.
0: I smell a creme fraiche renaissance coming back. Let's start the revolution, baby. <laughs>
1: revolution it will not be televised.
0: Yeah, I did. Um, I got some. I got a beet, and uh, and roasted roasted a beet with with some fennel. Did you put it in foil? Um, no, I, I boiled the beet first, mm. then then peeled the skin off, mm-hmm. and then roasted it after that. Mm. Which um, I've ever done that. It works so well. I mean, a, a lot of people will do that, especially with the sous vide, right? Um, where you'll take something that you, would, a vegetable that you would roast, like a carrot or a potato, sweet potato, beets, all these kind of root vegetables that are hard that take a long time. You know, like a, a potato could take an hour to roast.
1: I, I sous vide butternut squash for the first time a couple weeks ago. Oh, I think you ate it too, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about it, but that was because butternut squash can be To me, sometimes a little annoying to cook Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, Sometimes it works out. Sometimes you miss the texture you want. But I did that for the first time. And not only was the flavor really concentrated, but it was spot on. Mm -hmm. It's like it was great.
0: Yeah. And I I think hitting, I think doing the the sous vide or boil or Mm -hmm. steam and then. <clears throat> and then roasting will get you a better result. And it will take less time. And the idea if
1: you're soothing and as opposed to boiling, it's not releasing anything mm-hmm. that doesn't stay in the bag too. Yeah, so keep keep nice. it
0: keep it in the bag. Yeah. And there's no water coming into it to dilute right. the, the flavor. But um yeah, just some some roasted beets and fennel. Um and then in a bowl with some toasted hazelnuts that mm-hmm. were crushed up, mm-hmm. some fennel frond. That's awesome. And then um, I, I got some creme fraiche, cut it with lime juice, lime zest, and crushed garlic, and just kind of whipped that up and let it sit in the fridge for an hour and, and did a little drizz. Real nice. Sounds
1: great. I'd Ooh. like to eat
0: that. Yeah, it was good. Pretty good. But then I, uh, I, I, left, I left them in the oven a little too long, so the beets were a little more on the sun-dried side than the rest mm-hmm. of that. A little, little evaporated. But I feel like, um, I feel like the, the fresh. And then today, I did a, a weird fresh experiment where I mix it with soy sauce, hmm. which sounds disgusting. No, it doesn't. But, or, I don't know. Uh, and then use it as like a little drizzle we sauce a over, little mommy, little over, a, over a bowl. It good. was like a little quinoa, yeah. pork, sweet potato, avocado bowl. How healthy. Freaking healthy, man. Um. Yeah, I, I've I've been really into just our our mutual friend Steve, Krebs. Krebs. He made me like this dinner that was just such a simplified kind of very Japanese macrobiotic kind of thing where, and it, and it just totally. But it was like a bizarre dish, but all all of it put together was just really satisfying to me. But it was just white rice that he just cooked up straight away. And then boiled sweet potato that were left in kind of like thick, maybe like three quarter inch circles. Mm-hmm. Oh, circles. Okay. Yeah. Just like big circles with the skin on kind of just very simple, rustic Japanese style boiled mm-hmm. sweet potato. Um, avocado slices. And the, the strange part of it was. Kind of a, a pan roasted dino nugget confit garbanzo. Hmm. So like a small a small little pot filled up with maybe a half inch of olive oil and then so kind of a lot of olive oil and then just a can of garbanzo beans strained and rinsed and then garbanzo beans go in there with some garlic and. Herbs de Provence, mm-hmm. maybe a little red chili flake, a little salt and pepper, and you kind of, and it kind of does like this weird mush, fry, crunchy, confit situation. You cook, you cook it for like a half an hour and right. they just sort of, <clears throat> fry. but so,
1: yeah, yeah, but so there do, it doesn't lose all its texture. There is a crunch to it.
0: There's a little crunch to it, but there's also like a really satisfying, chewy mush. Hmm. At the same time, and it was so weird, and also probably sounds really good. I
1: just I picture like the garbanzo beans confing and the olive oil kind of losing any texture because I do the gelina. I always usually have like the gelina poached. That's what it looks like. feed
0: garlic just sitting in the fridge.
1: Oh yeah, so it's still like they retain some texture; they don't completely dissolve.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a it's hmm. almost like a refried pinto bean where so cool. Kind of half of them. I are, want to try that. Are, are cooked down into a paste, and then the other half are left whole. Krebs, I'm texting you tomorrow. It was good, and then it um, sounds really good. And then like a little tapatio and some Bragg's liquid amino sprayed on top. It was good. Maybe we could throw some sesame seeds on the top. Definitely sesame seeds. But like that kind of, I've just been really into just a bizarre thought of just eating boiled sweet potatoes. Hmm. Well, something about it. I don't know. Isn't sweet potato a superfood? It is a superfood and it's really good for you. And yeah. But you know, not, not a lot of, you know, people are going to be like sweet potato, it's pretty good. I'll I'll do like a roasted sweet potato or a sweet potato fry or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, don't
1: the US, UFC guys just like eat sweet potatoes and that's it?
0: Probably. And like some kind of like I know. I know the. uh, I know the Alton Brown diet consists of a lot of sweet potato eating. Yeah. It's really low glycemic index. Mm -hmm. Like really, it's got
1: a lot more nutrients and vitamins and uh, russet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's filling. Um. So yeah.
1: Uh, I want to eat that bowl. Krebs, good job.
0: I'll make that bowl for us. I want that bowl. Um. I want that
1: bowl tonight, Tito.
0: (laughs) Our uh, our friends in Miami. Can rejoice that today is the first day of stone crab season at Joe's, Ugh. which is just so jealous, so wild. I don't know if anyone here, I mean, I'm sure we have listeners in Miami, but and you probably already know about this. Look,
1: I'm a fan of Fish King, but pro tip don't get stone crab at Fish King. I'm still a little stunned. Oh, yeah, from Fish that.
0: King in Glendale, a very sweet fish place. The stone crab was wildly disappointing. That was like the first thing that I had there that I was like, oh, this is terrible.
1: This is really bad.
0: <laughs> and it also
1: cost me, you know, it's like 20 bucks, which is not that big of a deal. But so expensive. But for what it was, considering what, how much good things you can get for $10 in that place. Mm-hmm. And another... I think we each had a claw, and there were like 15 claws left, and we were both like, nah, <laughs> I'm
0: not going to eat anymore. I'm straight. Yeah, I'm good. Speaking of fish and fish markets, I was talking to a friend about the word monger. Mm-hmm you'll often hear fishmonger or cheesemonger. Cheesemonger. And we were kind of talking about how it's it's so unfair that a wine expert would be a sommelier, like Mm -hmm. a beautiful, luxurious, classy, dignified French word, and then somebody who is a cheese expert or specifically dealing with the selling of it. That they're not called a fromagista? (laughs) <laughs> it's just just the word monger is is such a kind of an it ugly is. it's an ugly word
1: I agree but I feel like in it's so the,
0: close to mongrel
1: going back into the the tradition of wine in Europe and I think I don't think it's a pejorative and the, that word doesn't have that connotation of being kind of like aggressive and and Less educated in the sense that, like, I think the term cheesemonger has probably existed for a lot longer. That cheese has been um, appreciated in the United States, in the sense that, like, whatever the translation would be, I feel like somewhere else. Or I feel like Mm -hmm. I I totally agree with what you're saying in the sense that Somalia is a much nicer romantic word, but I feel like we also don't appreciate the history. Like, we're judging monger on that Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, it's a very probably respected word in other places. I don't know. Well, think, what other, but,
0: we, we, know cheesemonger, we know fishmonger, we know fearmonger. Right. No, that's good. None of the, hatemonger. You don't really hear monger in anything positive other than cheese. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so somebody who works at champs is not a kicksmonger. Right. Got it. Exactly. Fair enough. And somebody at Ikea is not a they're just monger. They're just young and rude
1: and don't care about selling you shoes as opposed <laughs> to being a kicks monger. Okay. This is
0: getting a little personal about you and, and your relationship. Look, with, man, with, I don't
1: care. Jeff at the with, gl- Glendale with, Galleria with needs to realize
0: sometimes you just want a shoe that works well. We get that. Um, um, yeah, so that was just like a weird, weird little tangent that uh, I feel bad for the, the cheese monger. I think you're right. They the deserve a more elegant title. They do. But
1: maybe they maybe it's a badge of pride. Maybe it's like outside looking in. Sure. Um, but when you bring up hate monger in the conversation, it does put a little bit more perspective on hate like monger, maybe it's fear not. Fear monger, that, yeah, yeah.
0: cheese monger, fish monger. Those are yeah. the only mongers we know. Kick <laughs> <laughs> That's not. That's not a thing. Um, so you were just doing some travel. Was. Where'd you go to? I was working.
1: Um, I went to. Cannes, Nice through Dublin for six days for work. Cannes, Nice Dublin. Well, you have to fly into Nice, then drive to Cannes, or I drove to Cannes, mm-hmm. but uh, had a four-hour layover on the way there in Dublin, and then on the way back, a layover in Gastwick London Airport, which is the worst
0: airport I've ever been to in Is Europe. Gastwick the Newark of London? It's
1: just big and horrible in he had to walk everywhere. it was terrible, but the point, um but yeah, so I was in cannes for a little while working and did not get to eat that much food because it was a short trip, and I worked every day and couldn't add any time at the end of it on the schedule, so
0: fun I had a few nothing, good nothing meals.
1: I had a few good meals, but oh, I mean, it definitely wasn't it was difficult. I will
0: say, so there was did catch ha- any films at the festival, or was there no nothing going on? no film festival going
1: mm-hmm. on. But definitely took out my mega yacht for a while, which sure. was nice. I had it brought in from Greece. So, shout outs to Trevor, my yacht pilot. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the smooth ride out.
0: Um, Did you, I mean, what, what, what happens in Cannes food wise? Obviously, Cannes is in France. Yeah, yeah. They're known for the film festival. I think. Yeah,
1: it's on the water. It's
0: close to the water, so maybe a lot of seafood. A bouillabaisse would would be popping off there. Sure, it's it's
1: you know there's a lot of Italian food. Obviously, French food. Um, There's pizza everywhere. Um, You know, I didn't dig in too deep. It's also you know kind of touristy. Um, It definitely you know has that very traditional European vibe. You know, it's like there's not like a lot of food trucks or things that you would imagine being kind of forward thinking as far as when I tried to find places to eat. there's a lot steeped a lot more in tradition and kind of held into tradition. It's a lot of money there. So it's kind of like, I mean, I, I you know, there was like, you know, there was a name, every huge fashion brand. There's a store there. There was like, mm-hmm. you know, driving in, there was like a, Aston Martin dealership next to a Lamborghini dealership next to a Ferrari dealership next to, a, you know, I saw a Bugatti for sale, like in a window, I was just like, Jesus Christ. But I mean, when you, when you think of like the most exciting places to eat in LA, you don't think Brentwood or Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and it had very much that vibe where it was okay. like, you know, very nice restaurants that kind of didn't really blow your mind but had solid expensive food on it that you would imagine, you know, kind of being there. You
0: can get a very good $23 niçoise salad. Yeah, I had a bucatini
1: um, with uh, preserved lemons, black truffles, capers,
0: kind of in a white
1: wine thing mm. that was very good, but also kind of that thing where it's like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Every ingredient in here is very good and all works together and is delicious, and that, um, that's not to say that that's a bad thing. But Short. in the in the way that like if you were to say like I had something that I could never picture this was totally mind blowing holy shit it was more like yeah this was really well executed with really expensive ingredients or some expensive ingredients and really good. Um, any ratatouille over there did not. Um, I'm trying to think of the other thing that I had that was good. Oh, I had like an amatriciana pasta with pork belly and um.
0: What pasta? Amatriciana?
1: Yeah, it's like it's traditionally like bacon. It's a bacon tomato pasta basically. It was very good. Um and then I didn't do I didn't go to any brasseries or bistros. Um so um I don't know. It was fun it was good. I was so jet lagged and not hungry the entire time anyways, it didn't matter.
0: How do you what how do you spell Amachuchi? <laughs> um without here. I think it's a m a r t i. Is that like Amachu?
1: No, it's a T C um, mm. But th- yeah, I think I would have liked to if I could have walked around and just kind of explored. I'm sure I would have found some really fun stuff. Went to a few bars that were pretty fun.
0: When I googled it, something came up that is matcha pasta. No, which sounds like a damn nightmare. Oh, um, Amat- amatriciana. I think got it. Got it. It was very pretty. Guanciale, pecorino, tomato. Yeah. Got it. This was with a pork belly, not guanciale. Yeah, if you're out here and you're thinking about making matcha pasta, just don't do it. That sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah, skip it altogether. I will say though, the
1: so there was kind of like there was catering for everybody that was working. The catering was pretty wild, in the sense that it wasn't that good it was fine cuz i think any catering is probably not going to be that good for you know a large group of people but like one of the working meals was like a duck confit shepherd's pie
0: holy shit
1: which was good but it wasn't like i wouldn't be excited to pay 25 bucks for it mm-hmm. but to have it at a meal was pretty i was like wow and there was like a like a white rice to have
0: that at a crab services is
1: yeah. crazy yeah so there was like there was stuff like that and there um there was like a crab a crab rice salad with arugula and I forget what else was in there. That was good. That was good. Mm-hmm. But again, like paying for it, you just be like, it's uh, mm-hmm. eh, sure. all right. That's pretty good. But for, yeah, but for a work meal, it was actually kind of maybe some of the, some of the more interesting and better. The It was very reflective of where we were, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting, even though if it wasn't super well executed in the sense that like it wasn't it wasn't the ubiquitous like this is what working meals are like everywhere. Like if you're in the states, you're like beef tenderloin with pasta and you know like <laughs> lettuce salad and you know like it was like it was reflective of like ah oh, you're working in in can. And This Snappy is kind of like it's still kind of not great, but at least it's different. Sure, and it's, sure, you sure. Know, it's very it's reflecting the reflecting the atmosphere. That was kind of interesting. That was kind of fun.
0: What about Dublin?
1: Dublin, um, I was only there for a couple hours, but I. <laughs> I would have to say that I so we I think the layover we got in at nine a.m. been flying it was probably like twenty hours of travel at that point so I did have a pint of Guinness with breakfast because it hit me oh. I was like oh my god I can't like I'm gonna leave Ireland and not all right fine I'm gonna I'm gonna morning yeah. drink but so I had a beer and then we had another three hour flight so then I kind of like crashed out a little bit and then woke up and didn't have to work for another was six Was the Guinness different so in Dublin? Well, that was a, so that was the conversation. Everybody will tell you yes. And to me, it tasted like one of, you know, I've been to Ireland before, but it reminded me of like, and that's kind of why I had it. I was like, I can't believe I'm, like, I've been to Ireland forever. And it's like, I'm here. I'm not going to have Guinness. And everybody else in like this, it was like the nicer kind of airport restaurant in our gate. Everybody else had a Guinness on their table. Like mm. everybody. So I was like, okay, well, at least I don't look like a fucking total idiot right now. I'd like be a okay. or not. Treat. Yeah. So whether it was um, total psychosomatic or not, it tasted like one of the best pints of Guinness I've had in a very, very long time. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so unbelievably good. <laughs> and I had that with like an Irish fry up, um, which was also really well done. Um, and it was just kind of like a perfect, I don't get to visit ireland but if i was here for four hours this makes me feel better that i did at yeah. least this much and it was i mean the pine was amazing. oh it was so good what was in that english fry up uh back bacon mushrooms tomato uh an irish sausage irish banger and some um beans no beans uh no. and some soda bread
0: soda bread toast
1: yeah soda bread it was great
0: one of my favorite English meals is that beans on toast, man.
1: Love beans on toast. You have to get Heinz beans, though.
0: Yeah, you got to get the, the the Heinz 57 beans. So good. Just make some toast, butter it up nicely, and then pour beans on top of it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you just eat it with a knife and fork. That's perfect. It's a, like uh, a blue-collar avocado toast, I say. Um, all right, now... Now we have reached that great time in our podcast where we talk about the best thing that we ate all week. I was going to say the pint of Guinness in Dublin was the best thing I ate all week. (laughs) Well, let let me think about it. I'm going to get it started off. Yesterday, um, I took a couple friends over to Sushi Gen in Little Tokyo for the lunch.
1: For lunch. Always. Amazing.
0: $17. It's so ridiculous. $17, Which which. You can't finish. Which, um, obviously is not, oh, I'm looking at this picture. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And flip, flip to the
0: left is the, the fry up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice looking Guinness. <clears throat> yeah, the, um, the Sushi Gen lunch special. You gotta go there. It's, it's in Little Tokyo in Japan, in Japantown, <laughs> in Los Angeles. In Japan. Town. Uh, Seventeen dollars, and it will get you. It's just a beautiful, beautiful plate of sashimi. You get a, you get a miso soup. You get a little salad. You get a little tofu on the side, and it's it's a full meal. Obviously, a seventeen dollar lunch two is a little is a little high, but for what you're getting, it's just like it's all yeah. It's it's t- I I couldn't finish it.
1: If you really, if you like, if it was something you were craving, like a nice um sashimi meal like that you it would not be crazy to spend thirty five dollars on that meal. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's not just that seventeen bucks is not what I necessarily have like to spend every day on lunch. But the value is it's so undervalued as far as mm-hmm. like what they're charging you and the quality of it and how much it is.
0: Yeah, the only problem is there's no there's no reservations and you have to put your name down and wait about a half an hour. Oh yeah, it's always crazy. But they kind of they kind of know what they're doing there, and yeah, if 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 you're you can kind of, scoot into the bar sometimes if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. But but for people who will like go to Sugarfish or something like that for a quick sushi, like that's just dumb. It's it's bad. But and, and there there's there's always like three types of tuna in there, like real real thick chunks of it. So maybe so like just the tuna sashimi alone will be like nine pieces. And it's and it's really nice, really thickly cut. All of it's good. And then I had like a little kind of cooked piece of salmon. There's a little squid sushi. There's a little kind of chopped up toro with some scallions. There's like a little spicy tuna chopped up. Sometimes there's a little crab. Sometimes there's other things. Sometimes there's octopus in it. But I mean like – and you can get like a bowl of rice on the side for $2 or something like that. And right. you just kind of make your own little – Pokeball, if you want, but the quality is just fantastic. Chug down some green tea and you're, and you're living, baby.
1: No, it's an amazing lunch for the money and, and the quality. It's, it's really one of the best things in LA. That's what you want to have. Mm-hmm. All right. So, best thing I had all week, probably the Guinness in Dublin, but um, uh, how, so we were staying at this kind of bed and breakfast that okay. was like a Madonna Inn. My room was dragon themed. Like there was a, there was a whole dragon coming out of the wall. Like, like a this a sculpture. is sculpture. No, no, no. This is in in uh, can.
0: So in can, you were staying in a room that had a dragon coming out of the wall. Yeah, it literally in all the there was like a whole bookshelf. <laughs> there was a whole bookshelf
1: of like Tolkien themed books and all Holy kinds of things shit. going on. <laughs> Um, oh and so this small picture of <laughs> a, a Madonna in bed and breakfast, Yeah, the photo's pretty amazing um, which was kind of not great because it wasn't super business friendly and she didn't speak any English, she ran the place mm-hmm. which kind of wasn't functional for what I was doing but still was fine and, and the place was pretty entertaining but so she made her own croissants every night or she you would have to order your continental breakfast the night before because she makes it in the morning, so she didn't make more than she needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the croissants were excellent. I, I don't know if they were the best I'd ever had, um, but they were they were close to the top. But the truly magical thing was when you were waking up, kind of like your eyes are opening at seven a.m. The first sensation you have is the smell of croissants being baked in this little B and B, and it was the the best and most phenomenal experience to wake up to—that smell—it was, was just like, oh my god! Like, and it's hard to describe because it's like, even you know, like the smell of biscuits or other things. Like for whatever reason, the smell Flapjacks. of flakjacks, yeah, the bacon frying. Mm-hmm. Nothing holds a candle to, or at least to. The smell that I experienced of those croissants baking fresh—it mm. was so ridiculous.
0: So it was. It was. I, I, I kind of picture it to be very Looney Tunes esque, where where the, the visible odor of right of the croissant. There's like
1: a, there's like a fog of croissant smell wafting down and then. Well, up Well, first into the first rooms.
0: it leaves the kitchen, yeah. and then this this the fog hits the button on the elevator, waits for the elevator to come, goes right. in the elevator, yeah. goes up to your floor. Into your room, underneath the door, right into your nose. You're wearing like a stocking cap. Yeah. And then so it hits my nose in the bed and then I get up and I
1: levitate. I don't walk and I just kind of float mm-hmm. with that fog back into the kitchen.
0: You levitate and then you, you smack your face mm-hmm. into your door. Yeah, and then hit. you got to open it. Mm-hmm. Go down. And It was yeah. very much like that. Very nice. They got um, something figured out over there. Those guys in France, they're not that fat. They're not. That's I mean that's
1: the funny thing too is walking around and it's like seeing what's on the menu, seeing what people eat, they definitely like to drink and then it's your your average person is like not as heavy as you experience in the states and yeah. You know there's a million reasons for it, I'm sure, whether it's more active lifestyle, a lot of people are walking, if it's the lack of process. I I, I have to imagine I have to attribute it to the lack of processed foods. Like if you want to eat carbs, you know a a high glycemic index like processed carb as opposed to like a nice bread. I mean, I don't know. It's just like to me, it's like there's something, and I don't spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. But are you you familiar with
0: the French woman diet?
1: Yeah. Well, you have to you have to sit and eat. You can't you can't stand and eat, which a lot of Americans do. That's one of the big things. Mm -hmm. Because if you sit and eat, you eat slower. It's about time to chew and digest. Yeah, standing and eating is just rough. Involves uh, a little bit of wine, but yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. It's I, I know those books on how the French eat and the French woman diet. I'm gonna try that. Yeah,
0: you are gonna stop standing up eating a Big Mac every day for lunch? <laughs> I mean, you just have. Uh... Oh wow, this is interesting. I'm gonna do this French woman diet, and why is it? Why can't I be the French man diet? Is what I want to know. Great question. That's racist. 2016, baby. I'm just gonna eat brownies and truffle mac, and see uh, and see what's really good. It's gonna be fine. Get me a scooter. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have croissant with soup. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a real treat. We've got to go.
1: We got to go.
0: Andre Canaparo is going to be back and feeling better next week.
1: Yeah, I'm a little jet lag. Sorry if I'm off today. Thank you for no, doing no, the heavy no, lifting. No,
0: we, we killed it. It was fine. I feel great about it. Mm. I think next time we're going to have a, a special guest from a restaurant here in L.A.
1: Ooh, I hope so. We're long overdue for a special guest. <coughs> no, wait, no, we're no. not because
0: well, we're just fine on our own. Fine on our own. Uh, shout outs to Kimmy. Shout outs to our moms. Jill Canaparo. Shout outs. Zaza up. Karen. Zaza Stewie couldn't make it. That's fine. Follow me on social media, at them jeans. Under kind of browse, no social media. Thestewpodcast.com is our website. Follow us on Tumblr. Give us a tumble. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a nice rating Interview. Do we have a Tumblr? Our website is run through Tumblr. Got it. Shout out to all of our mom, mommy blogs that reblog us
1: thank you shout outs to the mommy yeah
0: mom mommy blog tumblr is is how you get ahead in the game i'm learning please believe Mm -hmm. and what else is there if there are any other food podcasts that happen unsubscribe from them yeah let's definitely not listen to those ever they're all bad yeah (laughs) biters (laughs) we started food podcasting invented pretty sure (laughs) and then like Bon Appetit came around and kind of fucked it up for
1: us we write a magazine it's like we've been here on the internet (laughs) I don't know fine (laughs)
0: Uh, and you can go and listen to my other podcast Tall Tales and my music podcast Serious Mixing and thank you guys for listening we appreciate it and love you we'll see you next week thank you bye